And in the end, that dolphin died um, a terrible death. And this is typical of the Aqua Circus, remember? This, this is when you've outlived your usefulness, you are gone. Welcome to the Rising Lioness podcast on All About Animals Radio, a place dedicated to animals and all those who act to protect and advocate for them. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Salvamini, and I'm thrilled and honored to be here representing All About Animals Radio using my voice for the animals. Thank you for joining us for what intends to be a thought-provoking and soul-inspiring series where we discuss topics aimed at understanding the importance of the relationship between empathy, animal rights, and our peaceful coexistence with the animal kingdom. And now on to our show. Hello and welcome back. Today we have David and Tracy Holroyd, brother and sister authors, who together have written The Perfect Pair Dolphin Trilogy, a story to expose the dark dolphinarium industry. This is our part two discussion, which takes a closer look at the inspiration behind the Perfect Pair Dolphin Trilogy books. We'll also learn what transpires after David leaves this industry and where this dark dolphinarium world exists today. David, hello. Welcome back to you both, David and Tracy. Um, David, could you tell us a bit about the inspiration for your book series and who, who were the real um, perfect pair of dolphins. And we talked a little bit about it in part one, but if you could talk to who these these two amazing creatures were, that would be wonderful. Okay, well, um, the female dolphin was Duchess and she was the first dolphin that gave me the connection. Um, the second dolphin's dolphin was Herbie, Acker Flipper. And um, and the connection came later with him. Um, the when I met Duchess, I met her in the back of a a steel van. Uh, she was there uh, wrapped up in in a sling, covered in Vaseline, and she'd been out of the water for probably forty eight hours in transport and all the rest of it in that sling, and. While they were taking Herbie into the pool, I stayed in the back and I'd never seen a dolphin before. As I told you earlier, I'd never actually seen a real one. So I leant over and she was lay there and she looked so, so vulnerable. And I had a ring, a signet ring on and I shined the, shone the ring and her eye. And I remember she had this beautiful blue eye and it wasn't, an eye of a fish, it was the eye of a human and it was intelligent and it looked at the ring and this is when the connection started. She looked at the ring and I started to talk to her and I suddenly went very lightheaded and I felt sick uh, and, and, and I thought to myself, this animal's giving me serious vibes because that's what she was then to me. She was just another animal this was well before i realized just how important a species the dolphin is she was an atlantean she was a an atlantean princess 
And I was very lucky that she chose me because not, not I did choose her, but it was a, a dolphin chooses its handler. Um, it's not us who choose that. It, it's the dolphin that chooses you. And, and she chose me. And the connection worked from the day I put her in the pool. Later, that came to Herbie. And later, that came to other dolphins as well. Um, uh, because I also had um, two other dolphins called Baby and Scouse. I told you Scouse had no eyes. And Baby was the illegal, illegally transported infant. Uh, but I was so attuned to these dolphins that I literally knew what I knew when they were sick. Um, I knew when they wanted to talk to me, when they wanted to swim, um, when they wanted a playtime. It was it was just amazing. And and Scouts, remember, I'm, I'm talking now not on the perfect pair, but my other pair. He had no eyes, and yet I made him the UK's top dolphin. Um, now. I made him that way because I understood him. Because he couldn't see me, his connection was sharper than any other. Mm-hmm. And 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 it was it was and, and the, the one sad and, and desperately sad thing is is that when I walked, Scouse had no one. And uh, and of course no one to understand him. Um and he was considered. How can I put it? It was considered just a waste, a money-eating fish machine that nobody could work because nobody had the 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 empathy to work him, right. and nobody had the love to engage him. So he was a lonely little dolphin, and in the end, that dolphin died um, a terrible death. And this is typical of the aqua circus. Remember, this this is. When you've outlived your usefulness, you are gone by any means possible. And that dolphin died. And I, talking about the connection, I had left the dolphin industry then and I'd refused the killer whale job, as we spoke about earlier. And I was working back again as a sign writer and illustrator. And then I got the connection. My mind was still active. It was trawling the dolphin radio, as I called it, waiting for a contact. And I got the contact from Scouse, and he was he was crying for me to come back. Now I left Scouse at Real Dolphinarium, but I knew where that contact was coming from. It was coming from Nosley Safari Park, at least two hours away from where I'd last seen him. I went to Nosley Safari Park. I was going to go that day, but I couldn't because my dad had a big job booked and we had to do it. And I said, look, I don't care what we've got booked tomorrow. I'm going. And he was saying, well, they won't let you in because of all the trouble with you and the manager and you're gone now. I said, it doesn't matter. I've got to go. I went up to Nosley Safari Park and I walked in and there was a tarpaulin sheet on the walkway and Scouse was under it. He was dead. Oh, no. Um, he died that night when he'd been calling me. And they found a razor blade in his gullet. No. Oh, my gosh. So 
the only way that could have been administered was through a fish. You call it loading fish. When you when you give dolphins vitamins, you shove them down the gills, you load down the gills. Somebody had loaded that in. And and you can imagine Someone killed him. And and they yeah, because it was useless deliberately. It was a deliberate murder of the Atlantean. Something, as I said, which is not uncommon. Not uncommon. Um, it happened uh, to another dolphin that uh, I'd been with. And not only that, all the handlers knew it had happened. So this, this was a regular occurrence. And it was all done with the blessing of the vets. Mm -hmm. Because the vets are in the pockets of the venue that pays them. It's all about money. It's the same it's thing money. In, in the zoos and uh, they do culling with animals at the zoos when there's too many of them and yeah. and it goes on and on and on, right? Because it does. And um, as I said, it, it's when you, this and this is the true face of the Aqua Circus. Um, so when you hear the propaganda that Marineland and all the rest of them are giving out and happy, happy dolphins and, and all the rest of it, or you, you know, it it's it's a lie. It, this has been going on for for decades. This this spin, and everybody who buys a ticket to a dolphin show is part of this abuse. That's right. If you know, you can't unknow it. And That's right. You continue to willingly, you know, go to things like this and yeah. give money to it. You are contributing to the suffering of these great beings and there's just really no other way around it and i was wondering what is the life expectancy of a dolphin in the wild that is not otherwise being harmed in some way do you know what the natural expectancy is yeah well in in the aqua circus uh in the early aqua circus when i was there that was the early 1970s um a dolphin could be bought then for three thousand pounds english pounds so there was a lot of money around and when the dolphin died, you just got another one. You just replaced it. This is why you see so many flippers because they mask the mortality rate of the exchange rate of the dolphins that are entering the pool. Right. This is why you see so many. The actual, the actual uh, lifespan was 18 months to three and a half years in those early days. The lifespan of a dolphin in the wild could be as much as 70 years. That's incredible. Um, they're living longer now because obviously um, uh, filtration is, is, is it's like going, sending a rocket to the moon. So filtration has improved immensely. However, they are still not living a full life. Where, uh, their lifespan is still cut. And I would say probably 25% is cut, 25% now. You only ever hear the good stories of how long a dolphin has lived. You never hear the bad ones. No, of course not. And if they're naming them the same name, it's so you think, oh, this dolphin's just living the longest, most wonderful, absolutely fabulous life, which is not the case at all, is it? No. As we know. Mm -hmm. And so I have to ask you both, what is your hope and wishes for writing this book series? What is Perfect. your hope? Well, the hope was, we didn't want to preach 
to the converted. We didn't even want to preach at all. We wanted to show people the true nature of a dolphin. And, and we hoped that it would get out, people would read it, the general public would read it, people who would unwittingly go to a, a show when they go abroad on holiday, they would read it and they would know not to go, to the, not to buy a ticket. And we're not even talking just about dolphin area, um, you know, captive facilities, any captive facility, um, including swim with dolphin programs or even therapy. Some people are using dolphins now as therapy. Well, it might be therapy for the person, but it's certainly not therapy for the dolphin. Um, it's an, an, an unnatural state. It can't indulge in natural behaviour. It never feels the ocean. I mean, most of these dolphins race ships and they put them in a concrete tank. Um, and some of them, if they're troublesome, are just left to languish alone. They don't even get the contact. So we had hoped to, to encourage people to stop visiting captive facilities wherever. Now, you're always going to get the people who, even if they've read the books, the selfish ones, who don't care as long as they get their fun. Um, but those people, they will abuse any animal and any human that they can as long as it suits them. So you, But the other people, there are, are the vast majority of people just don't know. And that's what we hoped. We hoped really to get the message out and close captive facilities globally. Yeah. Education, education, yeah. that, that, that is the word. Uh, and as I said, I mean, I know you're giving us, very kindly giving us this interview, but I will give an interview to anybody um, from the States or from anywhere around the world freely to, to, to push this home. It's, it's not about selling books. It's about selling the truth, um, and and this is what it this is what it boils down to. That that's the bottom end of it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I'm with you a thousand percent, and I hope that this will help bring some more attention to this world, uh, this dark the dark underbelly of the dolphinarium world, and hopefully bring more exposure for the truth. So we'll just keep. We'll just keep pushing this. And how have your lives personally unfolded since since you left the uh, the dolphin entertainment world, David? And then also yes. after writing these books, how have your lives been affected? Have they at all since you're basically whistleblowers? Yeah. Well, um, our lives have been affected because the the books the the first book was written about fourteen years ago. Not far short, 14 years mm. now. Uh, the Perfect Pair, The Enchanted Mirror. That is the first book in the trilogy. And we have been fighting ever since with activists, first of all. And that's the crazy thing. Activists trying to shut you up because they don't like uh, you to come on the scene and, and, shall we say, challenge their expert status. Uh, and it's a sad state of affairs because when when I was working for the Aqua Circuses, the joke was, and I say this, the joke was, don't bother about the animal activists. 
they will always fall out and tear each other to pieces. And that's why they don't get anywhere. That was said 57 years ago, and it's still happening today. Yeah, not much change. And that's why nothing changes. I've heard that from other um, activists, you know, like, you know, animal advocacy, advocacy people um, from different areas, land animals, ocean animals, it doesn't really matter, but that there is this infighting, which is really just muddying the waters and not doing a service to the animals and, and true conservation at all whatsoever. People need to take their ego and put it aside and give it the back seat and give their higher self the front seat and ride shotgun with that and say, you're leading with your heart. You're doing things with your moral compass and not the ego and not for your own self-serving purposes and needs. So I can imagine how challenging this must be for you. Oh, it's it's been, as I say, anybody with an apath of sense would have given this up a long time ago. But, But basically both Tracy and I are like a dog with a bone. We will not allow them to to shut us up. And I can back anything I have said to you today up with proof. And this is the reason why our books were so, shall we say, blocked in this country when this story first came out. It is easy now, I've got to say that. Uh, we, we are having people coming on that were, were one-time shall we say enemies, or they were viewed as enemies, who have now changing the tune. Ah. Maybe it's because they're seeing the planetary change that we're all in a mess, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they are changing the tune. Or maybe it's that the old guard that that started this fight have moved on yeah. to other exploitation uh, 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 behaviours. Nice. I don't I don't know. But, but, of course, when we got into the... The, the actual museum, when the museum took us, that was a huge, huge uh, boost for us because all the calling, all the the finger wagging and all the rest of it stopped right. because it was proven. The story was fact-checked and proven. And we actually got the press in the Yorkshire press um, uh, who came on and they were fabulous they they suddenly exposed the secret pool they wanted to talk to me now this is something that the press wouldn't touch we were actually told uh by somebody who worked in the press that there was a a uk an unofficial uk media block on the story right. they were told they couldn't cover anything this appears to be changing um wonderful you know so we just have to see how it goes that's great. It sounds like the maybe the the worm is turning, as they say, and <laughs> we're headed in in the right direction. So I think that's fabulous, and I have no doubt that it's just going to get the the, the wind in your sails will be behind you and and pushing this story forward. And I'm I will be with you all the way, cheering you on. Yeah, well, it's your it's this it's interviews like this, Erica, like you're giving us now that will help to put the wind in our sails. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're here, All About Animals Radio is behind you and we're happy to, to be a part of this. So um, if for as grateful as you are, we are equally as grateful and we will always continue to do good work like this with uh, together with people like you. So um, thank you. And so 
I wanted to ask you in your minds, how can we all be better balanced with nature and aquatic life? What are your thoughts on that? Well, for, for starters, people have got, we've just got to stop poisoning the oceans. Now, I, I know that everybody, I mean, everybody knows this anyway, because it, again, as David said, the mess the planet is in now, it's being repeatedly, repeatedly pushed on, on television. But you've got to respect the oceans. I don't know if you remember a few years back, there was um, um, an incident where a baby dolphin was taken from the sea and passed round all the people on the beach while they had selfies taken with it. My God. And it died. No doubt it died. Yeah. It, 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 poor little thing died. Uh, now, what is, I mean, these people, you, you think, why? Why can't they see what, what they're doing? Um, you've got to stop interfering with, with marine life. You've got to stop poisoning um the oceans with your chemicals and your drug your drug companies your farming your agriculture which is but you know it's poisoning everything it's not just poisoning them it's poisoning us yeah um i mean so many you i mean cancers springing up everywhere i mean cancers that were deemed to be very rare are, are springing up everywhere and and, and it's just a toxic a toxic world we're living in i think with especially with children they always say the sins of the fathers have visited upon the children don't they yeah and look what look what a legacy we're leaving to our children now well i think that as uh, someone who has two two children two boys 14 and 15 and mm -hmm. i them and i look at their friends and i'm so impressed and grateful for them today because I do feel like these are the you know the star seeds coming to this planet to um to change things and as you say you do see that there are changes happening and I see it also as well every single day and so I do want to put a positive spin with with all of this said because it's important to educate everybody and it is important to remind people to tap into their empathy and do the right thing and at the same time, we should also, you know, kind of have hope and let there be positive, um, positive energy towards that. Because without that, then what else do we have? And so there, are, the world is changing. It's certainly not changing fast enough. But I agree with everything that you said. You know, we all have to be responsible stewards of this planet, and. Um, it starts with each of us individually. And so the collective can, you know, do better. And so the world yeah. can do better. And do you see the dolphinarium industry changing if more people start to do the right thing? Oh, most certainly. The, the, the industry runs on money. So no money means no ticket. No ticket means no shows. It is quite simple. It really is. It, it, it That is how simple it is. These people, these congloms that run these shows, it's not about dolphin welfare. It's not about education. It's about money. Right. 
Plain and simple. It's so about money. If we so if we don't feed, industry. yeah, yeah. If we don't feed the fire, the fire will die. Right. And 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 this is what we we've got to do. We've got to try and cut this. I mean, let me say this: many people today won't go to a circus. In other words, to see performing tigers, performing lions, and elephants. They won't do that. It, but the. I keep referring to the dolphin industry as the aqua circus. Yeah, agreed. So if they won't go to see a land circus, why are they paying to see an aqua circus? Because it's exactly the same thing. It's abuse. It is. It's it's abuse and it's enslavement. These <laughs> these creatures are enslaved to do this work and are, are abused along the way until they until they just perish. So. That's right. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Um, for everyone listening, spread the word, uh, pass along the show, and remind everyone that we must starve industries like this so that they just go away and let the light prevail. And um, in order to support your work, which obviously aims to end this dark world of the dolphin entertainment industry for good, what is the best way for folks to purchase your book series? And could you also... Uh, David and Tracy, tell us the names of the three books that make up this beautiful trilogy. Okay, right. Well, we've got the, um, this is the first book, if I can, if you can, your people can see it. So, and not everybody will watch and some will be listening on the ah, okay. podcast, but for those okay. who can see it, you absolutely hold it up. So folks. Okay, well, well, this is, well. this is the perfect pair, The Enchanted Mirror. And that's the book one? That's book one. Okay. This is the perfect pair, The Mirror Cracks. Perfect. Book two. That's book two. And this is the perfect pair, Shards from the Mirror. That is book three. This is the heartbreak book, believe me. Uh, it really is. It was for us anyway. I actually, the, the actual subtitle is Dolphinariums don't just break dolphins, they break people too. No and that's exactly what this industry did to me. I've got a lot to make up for. And I'm hoping that people like yourself and all the people out there who are listening to this podcast will help us because we don't, we don't accept donations. I totally refuse all donations and we are offered them constantly uh, because we are not a charity. So all I'm asking those people to do, if they want a very good story and they want to get this out, then go to Kindle, Amazon Kindle, because it would cost too much to uh, to, to post the actual physical book if you're outside the UK. Um, but go to Amazon Kindle. It's cheap. It's affordable. And the more people buy it and read it, the more that message will get out. And if it gets out, you never know, it could go to film. And if it goes to film, I guarantee it will mortally wound the captive industry. Absolutely. And that's that's the point. We want the arrow straight through the heart of this industry. We want it to be yes. done and we want it to perish. And that's right. You've been doing for all this time to these beautiful, amazing creatures. And so I thank you for all of your good work. And I thank you for your time today. I'm grateful to you both for writing this important book series and for coming on to discuss it and the cruel dolphin entertainment world. 
this has been a re quite revealing and enlightening uh, time that I've spent with you both. And I'm certain that the people listening will want to help make a difference. And if we all continue using our individual and collective voice to end the suffering of animals, then the new earth will continue expanding in love and light for the greater good of us all. And so to that, I say to our beloved audience, we are grateful to you for tuning in today and to part one as well. And until next time, thank you, Tracy and David, you both have a, a, a you know, standing invitation here and probably on any show on all about animals radio i thank you so much and until next time i'll keep envisioning a world where we are all at peace and happiness and free from suffering that's for all of us amen and, to that yeah, thank you namaste thank you thank you so much and we'll see you next time bye okay thank you bye-bye bye-bye everyone bye-bye this has been Erica Salvamini for the Rising Lioness podcast on All About Animals Radio. A special thank you to Chris Corley for generously lending us his song, Zero Gravity, for the Rising Lioness podcast theme. Please take a moment to write a review for our show as it helps others to find us. Please also support our guests and their work, All About Animals Radio, and our social networks. Doing this further supports the animals and their advocates too, thereby making you an Animal Kingdom warrior also. You can find our links on the Rising Lioness podcast page. Until next time, in the words of Sharon Nunez, Animal Equality President, remember this, the small actions of one passionate individual can create a butterfly effect leading to a movement that has the power to change the world. Please, Use your voice for the animals today.